Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, seven days a week, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, it also getting into God's word every day helps us to stay in focus in our relationship with God, and it helps us to have a better, more spiritual, and therefore more positive mindset and frame of mind to be able to deal with life each day. And boy, life throws a lot at us every day. Well, we always encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can every day because you know people in your life who need to turn their focus in life around. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. Help them to do that by sharing these studies with them every day. Share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. Now, you can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, and we're looking at this on an extensive basis, asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, we've talked about all kinds of different ways that bad things happen to people, just in general. We've talked about illness and injury and pain and suffering and chronic suffering in a lot of cases, handicaps, mental illness, loss of jobs, financial ruin. Talk about natural disasters such as drought and famine and hurricanes and tornadoes. And we talked about the sadness of maybe a baby being born, stillborn. Also, people dying, just dying. Terrible accidents, wars, violence, terrorism, murder, theft, evil of all kinds abounding in our world, in humanity in various forms, and all of these things, and the list could go on and on and on. And so the question that many people pose is, number one, some people would say, why did God make those things happen? Well, don't look, don't, don't understand that God made everything that turns out to be bad in your life or in somebody, in the life of somebody you know. Don't, don't think God made that happen. Remember, we live in a world in which there are natural occurrences. There are natural consequences to things that do happen. But then a lot of people, they'll say, well, why did God let that happen? He's God. He's all-powerful. He's the creator. He could have stopped all of that. Well, yes, he could have. But he created us with free will, with the ability to make choices Now, there's only one right choice, and that's to follow God his way. All else means we're following the devil. But he left the choice up to us. We need to make sure we exercise the right choice. Well, why did God let that happen? Is death going to be a reality? You see, if we say, well, why did God let that person die at such and such age? Say, let's a little child. And I have done funerals for people of all ages, literally. Well, let's say a little child dies at five years old. Okay, when should God 
not step in and prevent death. What if the child was 13 years old? We'd say, no, no, that's still too young. Okay, what about 25 years old? Well, no, that's still a young person. Where should God not step in? When they're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80? Have you ever known anybody who was not sad when their 80-year-old parent died? You see, where do you draw the line? Again, we live in a physical world. At the same time, we have a soul, a spiritual being within our physical bodies. But that, that soul, that spiritual being, should be guiding us to live in a spiritually focused way through our physical life. God, he understands this world goes on. Life in this world goes on. Death is a reality. Now, what is the reason for death being a reality? All the way back to the Garden of Eden, when man entered into sin, became sinners, everything changed, and death became a consequence. And look at all the factors that contribute to death. Sickness, pain, suffering, illness, injury, wars, violence, murder, on and on and on. And all of the consequences of all of those factors. Again, pain, sorrow, suffering, all of that. It's all connected to death. And death is here because of sin. Now, that was our bottom line answer in the first section of this study. Why do bad things happen to good people? Sin. Not, not saying that the person commits a sin and God strikes them with some kind of grievous illness or something like that. But rather, the fact that sin prevails throughout the world in the human experience and lifestyle. Sin is mankind's number one problem. It's not famine, it's not drought, it's not global warming, it's not wars and violence, it's sin. Sin contributes to basically all of the problems that mankind faces. In this second section, we have been emphasizing that we have a skewed view of goodness. We'd look at people and we say, that's a good person. Why did that happen to them? Whatever it was, they might have suffered a tragic car accident. It might have handicapped them for the rest of their lives. They might have been such that somebody close to them died in that accident. Or we might hear from a very close family member or friend and they call us up and they tell us, the doctor just said they have cancer. Or Again, the list could go on and on and on of what we would say are bad things. Why did it happen to that good person? Or why did it happen to me? I'm trying to be such a good person. But what's our standard for goodness? Or counting us good as being good? Or counting our friends or our family members or our work associates or our neighbors as being good? What's the basis? What's the standard? It has to be God, because without God there is no standard. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 and 17, the young man came to Jesus and said, Good teacher or good master, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, Why do you call me good? There is one good, and that is God. 
Now, Jesus was not denying that he was good, but very possibly he was trying to get across, if you're calling me good, does that mean you recognize me as truly being God the Son here on this earth, the Savior of mankind? We looked at a number of passages of Scripture in the Old Testament that refer to God in a small sampling. We could have gone on and on and on that refer to God as being good, good, always good, basically good, fundamentally good all the time. When you take God out of the picture, there is no standard for goodness. You can't really define it in a finite way because there is no standard. There's no foundation for what is truly good. You leave it up to mankind to decide, well, this is good and that's not good. We change our minds along the way. If you look at society as a whole, <laughs> you're all over the place as to what is good. People have their own opinions. But when we look to God and his word, the Bible, we see goodness, sound standard, consistent standard all the time. Now, we look at people and we say, well, they're good. You don't have to be an atheist to pull yourself away from God. There are a lot of people, as we emphasized, who just put God out of their minds because they don't like to have their conscience bothered dealing with the fact that they're not living godly lives. They're not living by God's teaching. So they don't want to think about God. They don't want to think about his Bible because that, that hurts their conscience. Well, they have put the basic standard for goodness out of their mind because they're not thinking about God. He's not the one who guides their lives. Now, we are all sinners. God is totally good all of the time, consistently. But we are sinners. We keep making mistakes, and we need forgiveness on an ongoing basis. In Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 9, the wise man wrote, Who can say... I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. Who can say that? Who can say that in and of themselves, by their own power, they have done whatever it was that needed to be done. And they, had, they by themselves have made their heart clean and that they are pure from their sin. Silence, right? <laughs> because nobody can say that. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 20. Again, the wise man wrote, For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Now, are there people who are, from a human perspective, good? And even from a spiritual perspective, we could say, Oh yeah, that's a good person. They're trying to live a good, godly life. Do they ever not mess up along the way? Do they ever not commit a sin? Ever? Well, John the Apostle wrote in 1 John chapter 1, <laughs> and he's writing this to Christians now who are trying to live the godly life, obedient to God. He said, if you say you're without sin, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. See, even the best of Christians still make mistakes from time to time. We're going to go on and look at these particular passages of Scripture next time. And what we're trying to do is understand that 
in and of ourselves, by ourselves, on our own, we're not good. We can only be counted good by God through Jesus Christ as we come to him as the Savior, repenting of our sins, being baptized into him, wherein the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. Then God counts us as good. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to live the good life by your word as consistently as we possibly can. Where we are weak, please help us be strong. Where we don't understand, give us understanding and wisdom from you, Father. Please, we pray. Please. And please, please, Father, we pray for your forgiveness. And please hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.